All right, guys, I'm going to plug in, and we're going to start get started here. Um, there we go. I feel like this morning I should preach this way. <laughs> That's cool. Wherever, wherever you're comfortable at, God will find you. Um, I'm going to start off with a couple of announcements. Um, one, thank you for being here this morning. We appreciate you. Uh, my name's Dusty. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, if you've not been here before, directly through those doors over there and up the stairs on the left are bathrooms. So it's men's and then women's around the corner. Um, to the right is Kids Church. If you don't have kids, we encourage you not to go that way. And directly right behind these doors on the right-hand side is an American with Disabilities bathroom. We ask that you would not use that one unless you're someone who needs that space because someone in a wheelchair or someone who has difficulty navigating stairs, like my friend Trey right now. <laughs> But soon not, but soon not, because I've been there, so I have, like, the full empathy. Um, but they can use that bathroom, so if you could not use that if you don't need it and use the others upstairs, we would appreciate that. A couple of announcements. Some, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, Richard, the TV up above you is not on for some reason. If you could hit that for me. If it doesn't, if you, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's cool. Um, youth group. So Saturday the 30th, which if I remember correctly is this coming Saturday, which is crazy to me that we're at the end of April. Like that's bonkers to me that it's crazy. <laughs> it happened way fast, whatever. Um, so anyway, youth group, 3 p.m. here. If you've got young people, we encourage you to bring them, let them have some fun, hang out. They have snacks, pray together, learn about the word. Encourage them to come. We are going to be starting a training on the five-step prayer model. My friend Kat, I saw her here, but she may be in back. Um, anyways, kind of heading this up for us. So May 15th, 22nd, and the 29th, if you are interested in praying for other people, we would encourage you to come to this training. It's going to be before service at 9 a.m., so you'll meet here at 9 a.m. You guys are going to meet upstairs. We'll see if my thing will reach. You're going to meet right in there, in that room up there in the conference room. And um, we encourage you to, like, learn how to pray for people. We have some, uh, 
specific methodologies that we like to employ when praying for people of how to listen for the Holy Spirit, how to not give advice when you're praying. Like actually trying to hear God and seek the Lord when you're praying for somebody rather than relying on your own understanding, relying on God's understanding when we're praying for people. So just some things like that. So if you are interested in learning how to pray for other people, I would encourage you to come. That's May 15th, 22nd, and 29th, 9 a.m. before service. Family camp, for those of you who've ever been to one of our family camps, it's a blast, it's fun. We go up to Lake Rimrock, they usually grab some spaces with some RVs and people who do that whole camping thing. I've, you know, been very transparent that I'm not a sleep on the ground kind of guy. Um, even when I was 19, I didn't really enjoy it. I know, huh? Like, give me something different than that. Um, but there's a lot of folks who do enjoy it, and I did a lot of it. My family growing up, we camped, like, all the time. Um, that's maybe why I'm not so fond of it today, is because we did that my whole life. Um, but the 24th through the 26th, and we're going to be doing baptisms up there. It is absolutely one of my most favorite things in the world, seeing people get baptized up in the mountains, at a lake, in the forest, in nature. It's just... God's closer there. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, it just, you can just really feel the presence of the Lord when you're in the mountains. I mean, you know, throughout scripture, they talk about going onto the mountaintop, right? I think there's actually like maybe something to that, even though I'm more of a beach guy. But still, um, encourage you to join us. If you're interested in being baptized, um, my friend Dave Hansen, Dave, can you wave your hand? Dave back there is going to be running some baptiz a baptism class beforehand. So if you're interested in being baptized, I encourage you to connect with my friend Dave, contact one of us. And then finally, we're going to have Sunday, Sunday. June 5th, on the 22nd after service, we are going to have Sundays after service. So that's why it's Sunday, Sunday. So just kind of a fun family thing. Think of it as like an old school church potluck, but ice cream focused, right? So like with a focus, I mean, and who doesn't love some good ice cream? So Sunday, Sunday, June 5th, after service. I think that's all my announcements. We've got a lot of announcements. We've got lots of stuff coming. There's also, we're going to, for those of you who went with us last year um, to the water park, we're planning another trip to the water park too. So I encourage you to do that. It was a blast. If you're old like me and have a bad back and so those big slide things don't work really well, I had a nice time in my chair reading a book by N.T. Wright. You know, I enjoyed it. It was not for the introvert here with the headphones and the book. It was actually kind of nice. And then I got to talk to people too. And the kids ran around like crazy people and they had a great day. So anyway, that's all of our announcements. I'm going to pray for us. I was just taking a quick look at my time because that was a lot of announcements. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you don't make us go through this life alone, but you promised to be with us and to walk alongside us. And even though you don't fix everything for us, You sit with us when we're in our pain, 
when we're in struggle. As you send us out, you go alongside us and you equip us and you give us everything that we need to accomplish the work that you've set before us. Jesus, we thank you that you're not a God who just ignores us, but that you reside with us, you live with us, that you moved into our neighborhood and hung out with us. We thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. So I just I kind of wanted to open with this. If you're reading your Bible and you don't see any failure in between these pages of people screwing up, of people making mistakes, of people even going and doing the thing that God told them to do and messing up, you're reading a different Bible than mine. You're not reading a real Bible. This Bible is full of people like King David, who decided to commit adultery and kill a man. It's full of Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, whose job it was to track down and kill Christians who were a deviant sect of Judaism at that time. And since they weren't the right kind of Jew, his job was to kill them. Um, you know, if you're ever interested in reading about Noah, Noah's an interesting character. Like, does alcohol a little bit too much? You know, there's, there's lots of different stories in Scripture of failure. So, I want to start with this. If you feel like you have failed in life, you're in good company. There's lots of people who failed in here. So, you're in good company. And God was for each and every one of them. Those following the will of God can and do fail regularly. I know I do. I fail. Like, I try, but, but mess up. Like that thing that Paul says, you know, I, my spirit is willing, but my flesh, ugh, Lord, my flesh. And so you're in good company. Don't let your idea of what, how everything has to be perfect stop you from following God, from serving God, because it doesn't. It just doesn't. God wants you right where you are now, here, today, in this moment, just as you are. You're good enough for him to love you. And he does. And he showed it on the cross. And he showed it on the cross. See, growth always requires disorder. I work with middle schoolers in my, my day job. A middle school is the very definition of chaos and disorder. It, it just, it, there's always something going on. There's different things happening. I, I have a, a radio, all the administrators and everybody have radios, and I have a radio in my office. And I, I, so I hear it going off all day about all the different things that are happening. I mean, and that, that's just my middle school. There's lots of them all over the place where, you know, and like it's just, but that's because they're in a high period of growth. And when you're in a high period of growth, a lot of times it seems like stuff's just going on and it's hard to get a handle on and it seems, it seems chaotic. And sometimes you feel like a failure. But like in the midst of our failures, a lot of times is where God presses in to, to grow us, to show us like you did that 
and that didn't work. So the Holy Spirit lovingly says, why don't you try this instead? Like if that grudge you were holding on to isn't working for you, why don't you try this? If that addiction that you're using to mask your pain isn't working, why don't you try this? If that relationship that you have with your spouse or with your kids is, is strained, the Holy Spirit can guide us, why don't you try this? If you have a daily walk with God that's just non-existent and everything seems to like want to get in the way of it. Instead of doing that, why don't you try this? Meet me. Meet me. Sit with me. Rest with me. Moses fails and faces a congregation who want to kill him after he rescued them from Egypt. And now they want to kill him. Peter fails, faces persecution. Paul fails faces hunger, famine, beatings. Jeremiah fails. David fails. We could go on and on. There's lots of failure in Scripture. So as I was saying before in my opening, if you feel like a failure, you're in good company in Scripture. You're in good company. And it doesn't matter if you're a king or a servant serving in the house of the king. God loves you, he cares for you, he's for you, and he wants you to be part of his family. And both of you will probably fail at some point. And he'll still want you even after you fail. We're going to read Luke 10 today, verses 1 through 24. And we're going to read about how Jesus sent some folks out to bring his kingdom to bear on the world and what that means for us today. So starting in... Verse 1 of Luke 10. After this, the Lord Jesus formed 35 teams among the other disciples. Each team was two disciples, 70 in all, and he commissioned them to go ahead of him into every town he was about to visit. He released them with these instructions. The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to drive out into the harvest fields many more workers. Now go. I am sending you out, even though you feel as vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. You won't need to take anything with you. Trust in God alone. And don't get distracted from my purpose by anyone you might meet along the way. When you enter a house, speak to the people there and say, God's blessing of peace upon this house. If a lover of peace resides there, your peace will rest on that house. But if you are rejected, your blessing of peace will come back upon you. Don't feel the need to shift from one house to another, but stay put in one home during your time in that city. Eat and drink whatever they serve you. Receive their hospitality, for you are my harvester, and you deserve to be cared for. When you enter into a new town, and when you have been welcomed by its people, follow these rules. Eat what is served you. Sounds like my rules for my son. Eat what is served you, then heal the sick, and tell them all, God's kingdom realm has arrived and is now in your reach. But when you enter a city and they do not receive you, say to them publicly, we wipe from our feet the very dust of your streets as testimony before you. Understand this. God's kingdom realm came within your reach, and yet you have rejected God's invitation. 
Jesus continued, let me say it clearly, on the day of judgment, the wicked people of Sodom will have a lesser degree of judgment than the city that rejects you. For Sodom did not have the opportunity that was given to them. How disastrous it will be for the city of Chorazin. How horrible for the city of Bethesda. For if the powerful miracles that I performed in Chorazin and Bethesda had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have been humbled themselves and repented and turned from their sins. Tyre and Sidon will face a lesser degree of judgment than you will on the day of judgment. And Capernaum, do you really think you'll be highly exalted because of the great things I have done there? No. You'll be brought down to the depths of hell because of your rejection of me. Jesus concluded his instructions to the 70 with these words. Remember this. Whoever listens to your message is actually listening to me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And not only me, but the one who sent me. When the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy. Telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all of my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power that Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy isn't merely just that these spirits submit to your authority, but that your names are written in God's book of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud. Those wise in their own eyes, you have shared it with. Those who have humbled themselves instead. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart. That the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom, to give to those who become like trusting children. Father, you've entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully knows the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to introduce and reveal the Father to anyone he chooses. When Jesus was then alone with the twelve, he said to them, You are very privileged to see and hear all these things. Many kings and prophets of old long to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear. Yet they didn't even get to see so much as a glimpse or even hear so much as a whisper. See, God, who have chosen to follow him, has empowered us. He's equipped us. When you accept Christ into your life and into your heart and have chosen to follow him, his Holy Spirit is part of that package. It comes right along with them because they can't be separated out. They're like scrambled eggs. Like you can't separate those once they've been. And, and the triune nature of God, like there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But like when you accept Christ into your heart, the Father and the Holy Spirit are just part of that package. The Holy Spirit is there. Jesus told us that when I leave, 
I am sending another to be with you. And that's the Holy Spirit. And all of these things that we just read about that they did, casting out demons, healing people, telling people about Jesus and people responded, all of those things were done through the power of the Holy Spirit, which if you've chosen to follow Jesus, you have. Like, it's, it's in you, it's with you, and you can do those same things. And the purpose of it is so that people will come to know Jesus. So they will come to know Jesus. Matthew 9, 37 and 38 says this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. This is a parallel verse for the one that I just read in Luke. We've been sent. We have a mission. We have a purpose. If you remember in our Easter story that we read last week, at the very end of it was the Great Commission about Jesus sending us out into all the world to tell people about the good news of his kingdom coming and breaking in. That's our purpose as followers of Jesus. And God uses many different methods and tools by which to do that. But the number one thing that is necessary is our heart as his followers to actually do what he asked us to do. Kind of talking about this concept of there being various different things, various different methods, different ways of approaching showing people Jesus. I was thinking about growing up, I grew up in agriculture. I worked orchards, I worked hay, I worked potatoes up in Mattawa. I worked lots of different kinds of fruit and vegetables and like different types of, of farm work that I had growing up. And it was making me think about like all these different crops. Like if you try to harvest an apple in the same way that you harvest a potato, you're gonna fail. Like, potatoes are in the ground. They're bulbulous. They're growing in there. Apples are on a tree. They're hanging on a limb. So if I go and take my potato plow and try to run it through an orchard to harvest those apples, there will be some harvested, just not in the way that they should be. And as I was, I was kind of thinking about this, I kind of felt the Holy Spirit stirring my heart a little bit. And it was making me think about people, like crops. God, if we went and told stories about those of us who are choosing to follow Jesus and we talked about it, I bet we would have all kinds of different examples about how we were harvested in different ways, how Jesus met us in different ways. Maybe he used music. Maybe he used a friend. Maybe you were just reading the word in a hotel in one of those Gideon Bibles there, and God just opened himself up and revealed himself to you. Maybe your parents took you to church. Maybe you had a friend who invited you, like me, to a little backyard seven-day club where they talked about Jesus. Like, there's lots of different ways that we've probably been harvested. And so, my encouragement to you is, as you tell people about Jesus and show them his love, Listen to the Holy Spirit. God, in this, in this moment, in this place, in this time, how do you want me to bring your kingdom? How do you want me to show this person? Am I, am I supposed to pray for healing? Do they maybe need food, a, you know, or sandwich? Um, 
Do they maybe need someone to listen to them because they're going through a, a struggle in their family? Are, are they maybe, like, is everything really going well? And maybe they're supposed to hear about God's blessing on their life. Like, like what are the different, you know, ways as I'm sharing Jesus, am I supposed to approach that? There's this great quote by Richard Foster from his book, Celebration of Discipline, that I wanted to share with you this morning. I just, it penetrates me in my heart. In our day, heaven and earth are on tiptoe, waiting for the emerging of a spirit-led, spirit-empowered people. All of creation watches expectantly for the springing up of a disciplined, freely gathered, martyr people who know in this life the life and the power of the kingdom of God. It has happened before, and it can happen again. Everything that we read about with those missionaries and disciples that Jesus sent out, everything that they did, God is doing now, here, today, and he wants to use you to do it. The question is, are we willing? Are we willing? That's the hard part. That's where the rubber meets the road. And sometimes it matters who we're talking to. Sometimes we really struggle with some people, right? It's like, well, you know, I don't mind sharing Jesus with this person because I already kind of like them. So I, I kind of want them to be part of my church family because I already think they're kind of great. But there's somebody else who you might be like, Jesus, can you make them part of somebody else's family? <laughs> like, I don't know that I want to see them on Sunday. I'm already seeing them other days, and I don't even like it then. Why do I want to add them to this? There's this old song from the 90s, got to keep them separated. Like, five of you got that. I'm okay with it. C.S. Lewis said this, Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you loved someone, you will presently come to love them. Fake it till you make it, right? Just love them anyway. It's hard, it's not easy. I like that C.S. Lewis doesn't say, and it will be easy, <laughs> and God will just make you change. <laughs> It'll make everything better. It's not that magical. It takes work. It takes discipline. I'm not sure what happened there. I, I deeply appreciate that God doesn't pull any punches and tells us that sometimes things are going to be hard. Like, I remember having conversations with my son. Like, you know, he's, he's just gone off to college. He's on his own. Stuff's changing for him. Um, I can't fix anything for him at this point. He's adulting for the most part. We send money to the school. That's, that's what we do. But he and I have had lots of conversations about how life's not going to just be easy 
Like, you have to be equipped to do hard things. Because hard things are going to come. Hard times are going to come. Hard people are going to come. You're going to face challenges. And it's how you respond to them that defines your character, defines who you are. And where you go to, who you look to when you're struggling, whether it's yourself or God, shows where you put your hope. And I don't know about you guys, but I personally know of a lot of hopeless situations. I think about what's going on in the Ukraine right now. And, like, I can't do anything about it. Like, I mean, there's just not a lot. I could write letters till my hand falls off, and I don't think it would fix anything. Um, I, you know, I, I, it's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming. And so my, my only hope is in prayer. The only thing I can do is I pray. Because God can do something, and I believe is doing something, and I think he's going to continue to do something. And So my hope and my prayer is for peace. I'm praying for peace. I'm praying for, for God to show up and rescue these oppressed people. Like, it's all I can do to pray. And so that's where I find my hope. See, the promise of the kingdom, it's just, it's not that we're going to escape these things. But Jesus is there with us to help us enter in it. It's not that we're never afraid. It's just that we don't have to fear fear itself. We just don't have to fear fear. Have you, I won't make anybody raise their hand. I'll raise my hand. Have you ever not done something that you felt like God told you to do because you were afraid? I have. Lots. I've done lots of things that I felt like God's told me to do something and I'm just, I'm afraid. And so I don't do it. People, who we're supposed to love, sometimes they're just hard. And sometimes God is like showing us people who he wants to be part of his kingdom. And like we know without a shadow of a doubt he wants them. But we struggle with them. We just don't like them very much, and so we don't want to obey. I think there's a reason they name storms after people, right? Hurricane Jimmy. You know, I mean, there's, you know, just, I mean, sometimes people are just difficult. Think of Jonah. I was thinking about Jonah as I was thinking about this. God sent Jonah to tell the people of Nineveh to turn from evil and repent and to follow him. He was sending Jonah to harvest Nineveh. He wanted them to know about his goodness and his love. So here's what Jonah did. He immediately jumped up and he went to tell the people of Nineveh the good news. No. But Jonah ran away from the Lord (laughs) and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord the whole opposite direction of Nineveh. Like, no, they, no. They don't deserve your mercy. They don't deserve your love. They don't deserve your grace. So I, I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to run away from you, God, rather than tell them about how they might be saved. He hated them that much that he wanted to watch them be destroyed. Have 
people in our lives that we've maybe felt that way about? So in closing, I want to say this. Harvest doesn't just happen. Like, I can stand and... Like when I was a young man working in my grandparents' orchard, they grew golden, delicious apples. I could stand and watch that orchard all day, and it would never harvest itself. Those apples would stay on that tree until they rotted and fell to the ground. It takes work, it takes effort to be part of God's kingdom. It takes organization and focus. This willingness to put your hand to the work. And it's the same way with the world around us. There's people that God wants to be part of his kingdom. There are people around us who Jesus wants to reveal himself to. But it takes us. It takes you. It takes me. Showing them Jesus. And so I wanted to finish with these questions. What is God calling you to do here in your church community in the Yakima Vineyard? As well as in your neighborhood. What is it he wants you to put your hand to? Because the apples aren't going to pick themselves. The potatoes aren't going to come out of the ground jump out of there and turn into french fries for your plate. Like, it just doesn't work that way. The world doesn't work that way. That's not how God designed it. God designed us to work. There's a lot of New Testament scholars, N.T. Wright probably being one of my favorites, who talks a lot about how heaven, and this would be like a whole teaching series to really open this up, so I'm going to tease you with it and let you do some reading in Scripture on your own, but... He talks about heaven is not an end point. How that there's this creation of a new earth that is supposed to occur as well. And how heaven is a place of transition. You, you're with God, you receive his, you're in his presence, you're in his goodness, you're in the midst of, of all that he is and, and his love and you have a new body and so like this old broke down one that I've got, I can trade that in for a new model, which I'm really looking forward to. But that that's not the end point, that there is work, there are things for us to put our hands to that God still has for us after we've gone on into eternity. That there's, there's a, a healing of, of the universe and of the world that has to happen, and he wants to use us to do it. I don't know about you guys, um, I mean, some of my friends like Ryan and Richard and Tammy and others are are amazing musicians and play beautiful music. If it was my job to sit on a cloud and play a harp all of eternity, like it is, you know, portrayed in some Victorian <laughs> cartoons and pictures, that sounds more like the other place to me. Because I, I don't have a good ear. Some of you have heard me sing. It's not pretty. Like, and so if that's supposed to be my, my eternity, my eternal goodness, it doesn't sound that good to me because I'm not a musician. I'm not gifted at any of those things. But like helping heal a broken world, like helping fix what has gone wrong because of sin, yeah, sign me up. I, I, I'm in. Like, you know, I don't know. 
I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because it is a rabbit hole. Um, but I, I love this idea that, that God created us for work. God created us to, to put our hands to something. He didn't, he didn't create us to just be static and unchanging and, and just sit and be. Like the, the, He's got more for us. There's more for you than just waking up, whether you go to work, eating, getting rid of the food you've consumed, going to bed, starting it over the next day. Like there, there's more, there's more. If we have an eternal perspective, if we, if we keep our eye on Jesus, if our, if our focus isn't this small linear timeline of 80, 90, 100, whatever, how many years you have on this earth, if you can see beyond that and realize that what you're doing here now today for God's kingdom echoes throughout eternity, that's something to be about. That's purpose. Like, that gives me purpose. That gives me something that I actually care about. I mean, I love my job. I, I enjoy my work. I like working with kids. I like solving problems. I like some of them are computer problems and some of them are personal problems. I end up doing both. Sometimes it's for staff. Sometimes it's for kids. And I, and I, I enjoy that. I mean, I, I really do. Um, and some of it has eternal value. Not all of it, but some of it. Um, and so I feel like if we can say, God, let me do my daily work. I'm going to use an old King James version, our term, unto you. If I can do, a, do my work in your glory, if I can do what you've given me to put my hand to here on the earth, whether it's taking care of my kids, my son, working at the school, my wife, like my family, you know, my friends, like caring for them. Like if I can do all of the things that I do with the, with the concept and the idea of it being an eternal act and invite the Holy Spirit into what I'm doing, I honestly believe God changes things. I think a spirit-empowered people, like Foster was talking about, who have an eye towards the kingdom of God and are going through their lives, keeping their eye on the kingdom of God and asking the Holy Spirit to join with them as they do their work and as they care for their people. It ceases just being everyday, normal, wake up, go to sleep, start it all over, rinse and repeat, right? It changes it. Jesus said there's a harvest. Are you willing to be one of his workers? And if so, how? I want to leave you with that as we go into worship. Uh, if I could invite the worship team up, I'm going to pray. Um, so we have, an, we have a time of worship. Um, there may be opportunities uh, for prayer in that. There typically is. And so I just I want you to kind of chew on... Um, what's been said this morning, and if God's speaking something to you, we're going to have some folks over here who can pray for you, and um, maybe God's asking you to step up, and if so, how, and, and they can pray with you. So, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you be with us? Jesus, I ask that you would meet us here. Lord, would you speak to us this morning? Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord.
Lord, as we enter into worship, I pray that we would have complete freedom to worship you, that we wouldn't hold anything back from you, Lord, but God, that you would uh, meet us right where we are. Uh, if, I, if I could get everybody to stand just starting out just as a sign of unity and then if, if you feel like you need to sit through part of it, that's your, you have the freedom to do.
should know this by heart, but I don't want to mess it up. I feel like we're supposed to say the Lord's Prayer together. So, and of course, I got the King James one, so go for it. <laughs> so if you know it, say it. If you don't, fake it, but here we go. Uh, our Father who art in, he- art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, Jesus, I just pray that that's real for us.
picture. Somebody recently did this series of pictures of Jesus washing feet. It was really powerful. Um, but there was this one set of images where Jesus was washing this, these, this woman's feet and she was like all hunched over as he was washing her feet. And then like in the next pain, um, he wasn't washing her feet anymore. He was sitting next to her on the ground uh, with his arm around her. Uh, she was broken, basically. Um, and I felt like what God was saying is your, Jesus's assignment in that moment was washing feet, but he left his assignment to, to comfort and care for and to love. And um, I felt like that's for somebody this morning, and I think it is a woman. Um, God wants to, God doesn't want to just serve you. Jesus doesn't want to just serve you. He wants to care for you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to come alongside you and put his arm around you and hold you and let you know that you're loved. Um, so if I could have some of our folks who are in our prayer team, if you guys would come over here, please, into the West Sanctuary, I would appreciate it. Um, Lord Jesus, I just corporately, I pray for, um, for healing of that heart, Lord. Um, Lord, I... It, just the sense that I get is that there is a deep, uh, Lord, just a deep brokenness, just a deep pain in that heart, God. Um, Lord, something only you can fix, something only you can care for, Lord God. So Jesus, come. Heal that heart, Jesus. Heal that heart, Lord. Yeah, similar along those lines, I'm just sensing for a couple of people here, um, kind of the Garden of Gethsemane moment, like, if you can take this cup of suffering from me, please do, but let your will be done. And uh, I just, for those of you who are suffering right now, I want to stand with you in claiming that God's will will be done and God's will is best. It is good that he is faithful to those who love him. Um, that he works out all things for the good of those who love him. So Jesus, be in our suffering, God. Yes, Jesus. Also, I felt like I had a couple things. Uh, um, is it Beth? <laughs> Um, I just am like sensing like we have this cliche like hope is our superpower we say that in the vineyard but like God wanting to say like don't give up on hope or cling to that don't be afraid to hope again something about hope maybe you're to call that out to be a source of hope for those around you so maybe some people could go pray for Beth um, and I met you this morning, and I forget your name again. Shoot. Anyways, if we could pray for 
Kim. Um, gosh, I think the Lord really hears your prayers. Uh, I just sense like a warm heart that you have the heart of the Father. Um, and when you talk to him, you can feel the pain of others. Your heart is sensitive. So um, I guess just be encouraged to press into to prayer. He loves to listen to your prayers. Also, I could tell you this in person, but Dusty, I feel like God wants me to tell you um, to keep baking this summer. And I know that's funny, but I think there might be some metaphor in there. I think you should pray about that and see what that means to God, because I think there's like comfort and care that comes from your baking. So don't stop baking this summer.
feel kind of, God would just invite you to keep moving. Um, if you still need prayer, we definitely have people over here to pray, um, but we're going to kind of dismiss. And um, So Jesus, just be with us this week. Help us to walk it out. Um, help us to stay close to you. Help us to um, obey if you ask us to do something. Just thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.
that still on? Thank you. 